lawyer, host of Suit Up News, legal and cultural contributor, Xavier Pope, is live on Cofield & Company. It is Cofield & Company live. Silver Sevens, we are set up. Your spots come down. Watch the games in the Bud Light Lounge. So much to do down here. The food, the tables, the William Hill Sportsbook. A great, great spot for a good time just off the strip. Adam Hill, Steve Cofield, be back in just a second. Xavier Pope joins us as he does each and every week. How you doing, sir? Pretty good. How you doing, Adam? That was, nice, that was nicely did. That was, that was solid. Uh, you know. You did, did, did be proud. Uh, yeah. You know, every once in a while I have to do it and I panic and it's fine. Uh, it works out well. Wait, what happened? He said I did a good job leading us back in. Ah, there you go. This guy's he's like a 20-year host. I'm more of a sidekick. That's my well, thing. You, you can host. Uh, Xavier, <laughs> we, we had a well, we just got done to having a really intense conversation about baseball coming here and stadiums and all that stuff. So um, um, we want to go in a completely different direction with you because we have some really important stories out there. Um, and, you know, especially on the legal front. Um, you know, there, we, we get frustrated with where we are right now in society. And we see, you know, we're seeing some of these store robberies and a lot of us are like, hey, we want to be a vigilante. But there really, there's a fine line when you, first of all, it's very dangerous uh, to try to intervene when you're not law enforcement. But there's a couple of cases that are happening right now that are pretty incredible. And I know a video just came out from, I, I think it was a robbery in lower Manhattan. Um, there was a crew that went in and was robbing a department store and you see a pretty good sized dude. And he's like, hey, you know what? I'm going to try to help out. And he, he lands a punch and he knocks down a woman. And I think a lot of us are like, hey, you know what? Robber's a robber. Too bad, but I think there are serious legal, legal implications here when you try to go vigilante and you do something like this. Yeah, well, first and foremost, Steve, it, it wasn't a robbery. Uh, the definition of robbery, um, they have to actually take uh, those items out of the store. Uh, those items were never taken out of the store. Uh, and so um, this, in, this individual intervened when he did not actually have a, uh, a legal opportunity really in terms of his responsibility to really do anything to be able to stop something that actually wasn't a, wasn't yet a crime. Um, and so um, and so I think that was really important for, for him to understand in that moment. But he also went beyond uh, defending what, what's known as property at the time when he decided to slug a woman in the face um, and start to hit her. And so um, it, it, is that the way to be able to do that? And then you also have the aspect of the department store um, not necessarily providing adequate security or even to have someone to come up and be a have a be a vigilante hit someone and they could potentially be on the hook for not having adequate security to prevent a situation like that well really tragic one just happened in the last couple of days and i don't know how many people in our audience have ridden the new york subways it's a really interesting place and you know there's a lot of panhandlers down there entertainers there are you know we've got a massive mental health issue crisis around the country and there was an encounter with I don't know if the name has come out. I'm not really sure why. Maybe you can explain to me why the ex-Marine's name hasn't come out. But uh, this guy tried to intervene with a uh, mentally ill person, uh, Jordan Neely, who's a Michael Jackson impersonator, and got him in a chokehold and just did not let go, and the guy died. Yeah, I, I think, Willie, journalism is really taking this weird, weird dive when they're trying to tell straight news but still uh, protecting um, a potential... Uh, so that was a committed a crime that are white. I mean, that's that's what the Marine was. Um, and the news news will say, hey, uh, we want to protect his privacy and identity. But there are plenty of times that the, the media reports on a suspect in a crime. Um, there are an investigation of someone who could potentially have committed a crime. So there's absolutely no reason. Abject bias 
that this actually happened. And this is a situation where you saw people record someone get murdered on camera. There is no arrest. And you have a situation where there's someone that is going beyond go, someone that's harming other people. A, a homeless person, can, they're, they're, you know, they're, if you are being disruptive, that is not the cause for you to have extrajudicial lynching on a subject. It's, it's, it's despicable. It, is anything going to end up happening, you think? Uh, I, I can't really predict in terms of what might happen. Um, this is the American uh, judicial system, uh, a criminal justice system. I do think that politics, unfortunately, is playing a big part of this. You saw some of the New York officials making different statements about them, some uh, kind of messy uh, about the situation, not knowing necessarily how to handle it. Um, but you, can't, you, you just I think that he has to be charged with a crime. I, I, you just can't murder someone in broad daylight and, and expect to be a free person. Some people have already been charged with crimes, and that's somebody like Brett Favre, who is... Uh, hold, hold on, before we jump ahead. <laughs> no, I have, a, I have, a, I have a, a serious question to ask. I was thinking about this this morning. Xavier, if you're in that situation, right, we just, we, let's go back two stories. We, you know, someone uh, got a boat up, and they're like, hey, you know, it looks like there's trouble in the store. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help. I'm going to be a vigilante. Do you think that you would have jumped in and tried to get this guy's chokehold off this gentleman who's, you know, being choked to death? What do you think you would have done? Absolutely. I would have jumped in to try to help someone that was being choked out for not having done anything. I think that, I mean, there's just an altercation on a subway earlier today um, that I saw two gentlemen, and I started recording, but I also put myself in the radio because a guy pulled out a hammer in case there was an altercation. I, mean, I think that not, not everybody is, is going to do something like that, and I stay in a position as a 6'3", in shape, man, to be able to step in a situation like that. But I do think it is important um, to us to, like, not, it shouldn't be that people just watch someone getting killed and right. just sit there and do nothing. I mean, you don't have a reaction to that, Adam, watching this video. And you're a peacemaker. Often I see you try to break up fights. You took, uh, like, 34 punches to the head trying to cover me up uh, at a bar up on the strip. and had didn't a, go down. Had, had a, yeah, what's up? You I didn't, didn't, I didn't, you didn't go, go down. down. I, got, I got punched right in the face. I got sucker punched. And, and then Adam kind of covered me up, and they attacked him. Like, what do you think you would have wow. done? Um, in this case, where a guy's got a chokehold on, I mean, you know how I think you've used chokeholds before. Sure. I mean, I mean I you know how lethal this can be, and then everyone's just sitting there. And by the way, there were two other people kind of holding the guy down. Yeah, I would like to yeah, think they, I would. They, they, yeah. yeah, I would like to think I would jump in and try to do something and try to stop it. I mean, that's what I that's what I want to think. I also I know my you know luck is not the right word, but I know my predicaments where I would do something like that, and it would be. They were subduing like an attacker, and then I was allowing the attacker to get free. Like I know my luck of how that would happen, so I, I'm, I'm already prepared for that. But yeah, I would like to think that I would, if I knew the situation was going on and I knew what was going down and I knew who was the aggressor and that sort of thing, I'd like to think I would stop it. You and never as a, know. As, a, as an aside, I think as an aside, Steve, I think those two gentlemen actually did commit a crime. They aided it. They aided I, and abetted this gentleman to choke yeah. this man out to kill him. They, they are criminals. They yeah. should be arrested. And I know we can often look at homeless people and mentally ill people as not people and get really annoyed by them, but you got to step back and assess what's going on here. This is horrific. And, uh, oh, you, I don't know if you answered it at the beginning. What, why, uh, when, say, the New York Daily News writes a story about this chokeout and a guy dies, why do they write ex-Marine or Marine ten times and we don't have his name yet? Yeah, so they, they, I think that's, just a, that's a political way to kind of center both sides of the story that he has to write being in some sort of service that he was almost completely deputized in that moment. I think that's extremely disgusting. I think it's 
patently racist. And if you put those, if you switch the races of those two individuals, that would not have happened. I, th- I think it's really important because about, about how that is being perceived in our country. And in the homeless people are people too. You saw the situation over in San Francisco. You have the former fire official that was going around spraying homeless people with bear spray. And then he tries to come back and say he was attacked. This is by someone he had just sprayed. <laughs> and so homeless people aren't targets. They're human beings. Xavier Pope joins us, as he does each week. Um, I had started to transition to Brett Favre, so I will uh, go back there. Uh, I guess the first part of the Brett Favre case, and for those that don't know, obviously Brett Favre was in the news for uh, being just an awful person, allegedly, I guess I should say, to be careful. Uh, And a lot of people commented on it, and Brett Favre filed suit against two of the most prominent, being Shannon Sharp and Pat McAfee, for what they have said on their shows. I guess the first part of this is, do we as people, and do you do the same thing, comment on news? Like, do you have to be careful when you're commenting on news that you're not, you know, saying something, I guess, that's not true, even though it's been reported? Hey, hey Brett Favre, uh, Adam, Steve, and I were talking about you. <laughs> um, please keep the suits to your freaking self. Uh, that's number one. <laughs> number, number two, I think people are looking at the Dominion lawsuit and looking at it in, in the, the big judgment against Fox News and thinking and, and, and Brett Favre being a someone who's been on Fox News uh, clearly had, where he, his politics stands, think he's going to push back on something like this in that vein. But, but you know, the fact is, is that it's been openly reported about facts about misappropriation by Brett Favre. And so these are individuals that are reporting and giving their, if, giving their, their, their word on things that have been actually reported. This is different between Fox News that's openly, un- in terms of all the different things we learned about them, that they knew that the election was was not stolen. They had had ample proof to be able to, to know something was false, and they continue to press on to be able to please their audience, and that's why they got in trouble. This isn't like Brad Favre at all. Adam Hill, Steve Cofield, ESPN Reno, ESPN Las Vegas. Gabriel Pope is up with us. Man, I got to tell you, Deion Sanders has really been frustrating me. I can't get past the comment about his players who went in the transfer portal being used furniture. I thought it was really disrespectful, and I I don't – to me, it doesn't mean a whole lot when he comes out the other day and says he's ashamed over the fact that the NFL didn't pick any HBCU players when a week ago he was laughing and joking about players being used furniture. So I'll I'll deal with that. But Shannon Sharp talked about – uh, the meritocracy of the NFL, and I want to see if you agree with this. Is uh, Shannon basically told Dion to back down that uh, you know if there were HBCU players who could be drafted, they would have been drafted. Fire this, Ari. I disagree with him. In 2020, the NFL instituted a, 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 a combine for just predominantly HBCU players. All 32 teams shows up. If that's the question, okay, who are those players that should have been drafted, and what round should they have been drafted in? 47 went to this combine. Who are the players that should have been drafted? Yep. From the HBCUs, okay. and what round should they have been drafted in? All right. Skip, this is not affirmative action because there were times that black black kids couldn't get into university, so they had to imply. The NFL is a business. The NFL, if I don't give a damn what color you are, mm-hmm. if you you can help us win. Do you buy Shannon's case? I, I, I'm with Shannon, uh, and I think that. That, that changed the NFL. We just saw with Lamar Jackson getting all this money, all the different reporters saying he wasn't going to get his money and really focused on him controlling his destiny. And that was really, really thinly veiled race behind all of that. I think that the NFL has now understood, and now I had to come all the way around, all the way through a sport. If there's talent there, the NFL is going to find it. Having a combine, just the HBCU students, and all the teams show up, they're looking for teams that are going to help them win. You saw all these big contracts with all these different NFL quarterbacks. They're black. 
I mean, the, the, the business of the NFL has dramatically changed. I think fans do not care as long as they win games. I, I totally agree with Shannon Sharp. Xavier Pope is up on Cofield and Company, ESPN Radio, ESPN Las Vegas. We've got about 30 seconds left. Uh, give me your opinion of what Jordan Poole did the other night, and uh, I think the Lakers <laughs> are going to get smashed tonight. This generation of J.R. Smith, uh, Steph Curry, leaning over the court, I think you don't, don't underestimate the resiliency of the Golden State Warriors and being champions. I think the Los Angeles Lakers get the business, even, even over a monster game by LeBron James, I think it's going to happen. Xavier, we appreciate you being flexible and pushing back your time a little bit. You have a great weekend, and we'll uh, catch up with you next Thursday. Love y'all. Thanks, man. There he is. That's it. Just thanks, man. Not I love you, too. I don't know. I thought we were out. No, no, we got we got plenty of time. We got plenty of time. You can't throw a love you out there. I love you out there. No, that's okay. not really up my alley. No, it's not. It's <laughs> okay. a good point. I thought you had gotten in on this thing where we, we exchanged niceties at the end of the conversation. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> that's what I did. All right how how un, or how uncomfortable would every show that I do with Adam who first by the way for some reason labeled himself a sidekick ten minutes ago which I that's 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 that's, that's company uh, that is absurd uh, if we if we if we at the end of the show we're all like love you buddy I might try that it today is not what happens I don't I, think that's ever been said in my household to anyone yeah you're not a huggy kissy you know kind of kind of family no a lot of families aren't. My one, my one side of my family is not, for sure. Yeah, not between my parents, not between my brothers, nobody. Big Four is on the way. We'll do it at 420. Stick around. Big Four coming up in just a couple seconds. Want to remind you, uh, grand opening of a PT's pub going down at DI and Durango, 8416 West Desert Inn. The Point, one of our sister stations, will be on the scene as they open up the new PT's at 8416 West Desert Inn. That's today. For May the 4th. May the 4th be with you. I know Adam loves the theme. Darth Vader taters, Chewbacca's, beef tacos, Han Solo burger, Jabba the hummus, half-off drinks, and cocktails between 5 and 7. Cool giveaways as well. They will be giving away a Vegas Golden Ice jersey and tickets to go see Billy Idol. Steph will be there hosting with the points. So if you're on the west side, if you're not, drive over to the west side. 8416 West Desert in May the 4th be with you celebration. D.I. and Durango as they open up a new PTs. Let's do the big four. Battleborn Injury Lawyers presents the big four at four. Number four. So we got word the other day, Adam Hill, that uh, an Alabama baseball bets were off the board in Ohio. Then New Jersey jumped in. We got some details about some sort of improprieties. By the way, flagged by, and this was betting on Alabama baseball, flagged by Las Vegas. Yeah, U.S. Integrity. Well, Las Vegas-based. Okay, okay, you're right, U.S. Integrity. So uh, Vegas at the center of this thing again, but as it turns out, uh, maybe it was just the baseball coach and nothing to do with players. Um, you know, the first thought is we have some kind of game fixing here. Going back to what last Friday, LSU and Alabama. LSU was a minus two forty five favorite in the game. Uh, the head baseball coach at Alabama has been fired, so huh. it would seem like pretty quickly uh, he was the guy who was involved in this. I mean, if you want to jump to conclusions, I would think the allegations are that he had something to do with gambling on his own team or sort of against his own team because didn't they? From what I read today, Alabama scratched a pitcher like two so, hours before the sounds game. Sounds like they made a large bet and then scratched the pitcher right away. <laughs> like, 
something was going on and not to we don't know the details maybe he's fired because he didn't have oversight he allowed somebody else to make this decision who knows gave out inside information it doesn't sound good could it be you know pete rose-esque action where you're betting against your own team uh, you know that's only alleged uh, we don't know that pete did that it, but it's a lot of us believe he did it's just so brazen from the standpoint of like not understanding to go make a massive wager on a random college baseball game when it sounds like one of the other companies that has betting all over the country said they took exactly zero dollars on the game. Hmm. Like nobody was betting the game. They're just going to walk in and throw a huge bet and then scratch the pitcher. Uh, folks told ESPN that sportsbook surveillance video indicated that the person who placed the bets was communicating with the Alabama coach at the time. Oh, good. Thank you, James, for that update. Smart. Don't don't even try to hide it. They caught it. Yeah. Yes. Don't be stupid. But it's also, it's, it's, we talk often about the lack of understanding uh, in so many ways of sports betting. and, And we often talk about betters who just don't know who will buy into these ridiculous promos and things like that that some of these companies do. Um, it also goes to, you know, this level, athletes and coaches and people that haven't been around betting and not understanding that you can't be that flagrant. And, you know, good, again. You will get caught. Yes. That was the whole point. We banged the drum for 20-plus years on this thing is monitored. It's heavily regulated. You can't just be uh, some jabroni and walk in in a game-fixing or game-altering situation and get down money without lots of people knowing and flagging it like, wow, this is unusual. Yeah, yeah. And, and look, not to give it away, but if you, you could probably make some small bets and make, kind of hide it a little bit and mask it if you really wanted to, but you're not going to make enough to make it worth it. On a it. college baseball game. Yeah, you're though. not going to make enough to make it worth it. So don't do it. it just, it's not worth your career. Number three. Lamar Jackson press conference today. You're the capologist on the show, so uh, we always want to see the numbers before we proclaim some kind of big victory or a bad signing for one side or the other. Let's see. Uh, Lamar Jackson's deal stacks up this way uh, in NFL history. $72.5 million signing bonus. That's first all time. $80 million cash in one year. That's first all time. $156 million. First three years. First $122.5. First two years. That's first. $185 million total guaranteed. That's second all-time, uh, $52 million a season is first all-time. Total value is second at $260 million. So Lamar Jackson and his agent did a really good job. Sure. His mom? Uh, great no, job. No agent. Although I would say they didn't. No, they did good for themselves. Yeah. Probably closed the window on the Ravens winning. Just like the Bills closed the window on them winning with Josh yeah. Allen, like but the, it looks like that's what that's what you do when you sign a big contract. But someone's got to win in the AFC. So if there's eighty of these quarterbacks who are making thirty-five to fifty million dollars, none of them are going to win. Someone's going to do it right. Sure. My my guess is that it's a team that just won it because I think they know what they're doing beyond almost everyone yeah. else in terms of how do you counteract a quarterback making fifty million dollars a year? You stack your team with good young talent, and the Chiefs win in the draft. And they yeah. win consistently because they know what they're and, doing. And well, and, and not every organization does. Here's the other problem: like they they did something smart in that they opened a window by making the contract very very adjustable to where they're kicking a lot of this down the road. In about four years, they ain't winning. Like they're gonna have to pay all that money at the end of this contract. That's gonna be really really bad. But they said, okay, look, let's try to take advantage as much as we can of this window while we have it. 
and then we'll pay him all of his money at the end and we'll close our window on trying to win but let's do this and that was a pretty smart deal on their part it was pretty smart but like the the and and, and good for Mahomes for doing a deal where that was possible where where they could do that and they could you know move some things around but um, it does make it very very difficult when you start paying the quarterback a ton of money and look there's few bigger Lamar Jackson fans than me I'm glad that he got his, and I'm I'm glad that he got paid, and he deserves it, and he's an unbelievable player, and I'm excited to watch him with the Ravens for the next few years. But I don't know, man. It's bad. I think if organizations have good capologists, and I think the the Patriots were good at that for a long time, and then obviously the key piece of the organization what did the Patriots do? They, leaves. They, Brady well, Bra- took less. Well, and you just mentioned Pat Mahomes. Like, why won't he adjust down the road and take less? He probably will. He could, but but a lot of this is I I, I believe. And again, there's so many weeds to get into. I believe that they're they're going to have to pay at some point for what they've already paid him, but they kicked it down the road. Like a lot of those bonuses are going to come due in terms of the cap. Like they can pay him, but spread it out. Um, and by, by the way, that Mike Mayock talked about this the other day, and I don't get into it, but like he was talking about pushing stuff down. He said other teams were able to push stuff down the road. We couldn't. Like we didn't have the cash to do it. When you have the cash up front to do it, like the Chiefs did, you can pay them but spread the cap hit over a lot of years. So even if he takes less money at some point, they're going to have to pay the cap penalty. And in, in this deal, it doesn't look like there's as much flexibility. It's just, it's real. The cap sucks. Like I get why it's there and I get why, why it sucks for players who then have to decide between taking less money or making an adjustable payment or, you know, maybe, you know, or maybe getting as much money as they possibly can, which they should do. It's just a really, really tough situation for them to be in. Number two. Uh, you guys have the paper. One of your uh, Raiders writers, Mick Akers, tweeted out uh, off-season workout program dates. What are you looking forward to most? The OTAs start up on the 22nd. You have uh, 22nd, 23rd, 25th. Then again, May 31st, June 2nd, June 12th to the 15th. Uh, in between that is mandatory minicamp June 6th to 8th. And you have rookie minicamp now, basically, coming up right here around the corner, the 12th to the 14th. So, what are you looking forward to? I think <laughs> I just had an interesting thing on Twitter. I didn't. I, I didn't think we were supposed to put those out, but um, so I uh, I'm looking forward uh, to the ones it's, where there's. It's, it's still up on Mick's page, and I saw someone else tweeted out, and that one got deleted. So I have no idea. I think the one that got deleted, I don't think was probably told to delete. Well, it. <laughs> that's that's what I was referencing. Um, public information now. So yeah, I think. Uh, I mean, any time where there's media availability, which is mandatory minicamp, I believe we're allowed to be there. Uh, anytime we're allowed to be there and watch and talk to the players, that's what I look forward to, of course. Um, because you get you get some videos, you get some things that come out. I know we saw you know players out of the field yesterday, but we weren't able to talk to them. So uh, those spots where we're allowed to actually go out there and talk to them, that's where, I, where that's where I'm looking forward to. But right now, I think the biggest thing to look forward to is the schedule release, which is right around the corner. Like it's coming up, and I think there's some interesting storylines, like. You know, what will happen with the Raiders in terms of that Buffalo game? And uh, there's a lot of things to look forward to on the schedule. I'm looking forward to that. Number one. Will Detroit be week one? That's the <laughs> hope The hope for everyone. Paired up with the uh, UNLV at if, Michigan game. If the game at Detroit is week one, it'll be the same week as UNLV's at Michigan. It'll be a great week. We haven't talked about the quarterback angle. And we're not just talking about the top of the draft because Anthony Richardson at four was kind of interesting. And the fact that Levis went later also a big story, but there are a lot of quarterbacks taken and a run on quarterbacks. RG3 talked about the overall quarterback class and that maybe things are changing around the National Football League. 
my biggest takeaway was the seismic shift in how NFL evaluators look at the quarterback position. Yeah. When you talk about the quarterbacks, three of the first four draft picks were quarterbacks, and three of them were black quarterbacks. That's historical in its own context. But I think NFL evaluators used to frown upon guys who were athletic and were creati- had creativity in the pocket if they weren't a proven pocket passer. Yep. Now, in today's game, that is coveted. And to me, that represents the shift in what the new prototypical NFL quarterback looks like. Do you agree? And if that's the case, that the mobile and sometimes smaller guy is coveted, the Raiders went the opposite direction, did they not? They moved up to get a guy named O'Connell who is a a pocket quarterback and not really a scrambler and not really a guy you get outside. You don't think AOC is athletic? You don't think he looks athletic? uh, Yeah, they they went against... They went against type, so, I guess. So who's right? <laughs> who's right? You know, taking guys like DTR and Jake Hayner, and especially in the case of Jake Hayner, who can move, but is only like 5'11", and is a slightly built guy, like 190 pounds or the number one pick, who's only a reported 204, sure. probably 190. Who's right? We're going to examine that on the way back. Adam Hill, Steve Cofield, we're hanging out here at Silver 7s. Remember, when VGK is back on Saturday, you can watch a game at one of two bars. Silver and gold, or here at the Bud Light Sports Lounge, and they've got 77-cent bottles of Bud, Bud Light, and Mick Ultra. A little more on Aiden O'Connell coming back, and we got to get into the big TV announcement from the Vegas Golden Knights. 364-1100 giveaway time as we're on uh, ESPN Las Vegas, ESPN Reno. Adam Hill is here. It's Cofield. we got the Kentucky Derby coming up. We're going to get into the event itself at the start of the 5 o'clock hour, and we always talk about this kind of where horse racing is right now in the uh, pantheon of sports. You know, we rank sports and what they used to be and what they are now. Um, One thing for sure, the Derby's a party. It is a massive party, and Area 15's jumped on this, and this sounds like a load of fun. We got two tickets to the uh, Hops and Horses Beer and Derby Festival. It's a big Kentucky Derby watch party. Saturday, 1 to 6, Area 15. Grab your tickets at area15.com. And Ari's got a pair right now to Hops and Horses, Beer and Derby Festival. Two tickets. Call her 7 364 Yeah, so we never got into the drafting of Aiden O'Connell. But I want to go first back to, and that's by the Raiders. It's AOC. Back to, I think there's another AOC. <laughs> uh, back to what RG3 said. Were you surprised so many quarterbacks were drafted? It seemed like there was a big run on them. And there, there was a different view of the quarterback versus, say, five years ago where, I don't know. You know, the funny thing on DTR, on our local. AOC, DTR, well, D, RG3. D, DTR is established. <laughs> Come on now. Darian Thompson Robinson from Bishop Gorman, Vegas guy. Again, you realize after last season, two seasons ago, Chip Kelly went out and recruited over him and had his replacement in place. And... There were questions with DTR, like, is he a quarterback at the next level? And, I mean, what a turn of events. He has a really good year at UCLA, becomes a a, a legit NFL quarterback prospect, and then in the middle of the draft gets drafted. Like, I feel like five years ago he would have been been an unsigned free, or, uh, yeah, unsigned, uh, undrafted free agent. I'm sorry. Do you feel like things have changed? And the fact, even the fact that Jake Hayner, who he can sling the ball, but he is, I'm telling he is 5'11 and 195 pounds. He is a small guy. Yeah. I mean, I think, well, there's something. And if you, 
if you listen to what Dave Ziegler has said, uh, and you know, I obviously talked to him a lot more than any other GM, but he has talked about how he thinks it's important to draft or at least sign a rookie quarterback every season. He thinks every year you should add one because a you don't know who's going to develop. B it's so valuable to have a cheap quarterback option on your roster that potentially develops. If you strike gold with somebody and all of a sudden you have a couple years of team-friendly contracts, that's how you win. So it's not that surprising that teams will go out and do it. I mean, I don't think that – I think that there was a lot of quarterbacks picked this year that I thought ordinarily would have been signed after the draft, but – So why was there a rush? Like why? Fourth round, right? Back-to-back. Jake Hayner and then Stetson Bennett, who do not look the part of what we've come to expect – Going back years of the six three to six five quarterback, pocket quarterback. Yeah. So I mean Stetson Bennett, I think is, I, I had heard a lot of GMs that were very interested in Stetson Bennett. Even though athletically he the profile isn't there. Like for whatever reason, I mean I know the reason. He won a ton of games and You think athletically you think athletically or size is not there? Uh both, but size. I, think, I, I actually think he's a pretty decent athlete. I don't know that he has a rocket for an arm. Yeah. Like Jay Buhner. And that's kind of what, that's kind of what I mean. Um, I mean, Sean Clifford's another really interesting one. He's not small, but he, I don't know that his arm is a you know, grade-A arm, but I, I know he can, he can get out and move. Yeah, the, the Jake Hayner one, I thought I, I just chalked up to Derek Carr wanted him. Like, that's what I thought. He's like, that's what the guy I want to back me up. He's a Fresno guy. I like him. Like, bring him in. Uh, I, th- I kind of chalked that, that up there. Uh, but, yeah, I think there was a lot, of, a lot of teams just said, well, let's – you know, instead of trying to take our chance of signing somebody, let's just use a draft pick on these guys and bring them in and try to develop them, and uh, we'll see how it works out. But I, I thought there was more quarterbacks picked than I thought would go. I didn't think there was that many draftable quarterbacks in this. Do draft. you think the era of Chase Daniel getting signed at 30, 32, 34 for a good amount of money that that's gone? And now you know you look at the Vikings and they're like, oh, Jaron Hall at BYU, yeah, he's our backup. <laughs> like seriously, because they yeah. don't have to pay him. Exactly, that's the plan. That's the reality of the salary cap world. Pretty risky. Sure. It's Cofield and Company's Eye on Sports Betting with Brad Powers. Decisions, decisions. Because I know the significant other is going to be asking for a couple things after the show, and she'll be conflicted. Will it be watch her Lakers, or do we record the Lakers and watch without paying attention to any social media uh, and instead, watch something Star Wars related. Let's bring in Brad Powers. May the fourth be with you, Brad. Right back at you. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, I'm just going to say, before we get into a little bit of Star Wars here, there is nothing lamer in all of sports radio than dorks get on Star Wars people and call them dorks. Just because you're not into Star Wars doesn't mean that it's lame doesn't mean the people that like it, because there's tens of millions of them who like it, so they must have hit on some correct formula. There's my little rant. I know you did have a Star Wars take earlier. You have paid attention to the movies over the years. Your take was? Yeah, and let me preface by saying I'm not a huge fan, but I have seen all the movies. I think if you're of a certain age, I mean, it's almost unavoidable, uh, you know, not to at least see the movies. So my take was this. Uh, since the original uh, trilogy, specifically Empire in 1980, almost every single one of the movies has been hot garbage, with the exception of Rogue One, which I think is, a, you know, even of itself. If you didn't even watch any Star Wars movie, if you just want to watch a good movie, Rogue One is a good movie. 
what what what's the worst one and i ask because i've oh, never man. i've never seen any of them uh i've so weird never seen any science fiction movie or anything like that before in my life so i would love just like i did with game of thrones of just live tweeting the finale without ever having seen an episode i'd love to just live tweet one movie of star wars of a bad one of a bad one i would say episode one that uh, came out in 99 what was really bad and followed by probably episode two <laughs> Have you uh, watched what I think is the the ultimate rebound, and that's the stuff that's on Disney, like The Mandalorian? Have you watched some of the new stuff they put on TV? No, I. Oh, you got to watch it. I do not. No, I I, I don't watch it. No, I, fa- I just don't I'm have time. You. Like every little thing, you have to like. I, I just it requires you to to be a fan of anything anymore. Requires you to like. I mean, watch like you know fifty different TV shows. Every single movie, or otherwise you're completely lost. I don't like that in society. So you're, I just you're stay a, in my lane and watch my football. You're a very stressed guy. It's a way to unwind with uh, John Favreau and his writing and his creativity in The Mandalorian. So anyway, uh, may the fourth be with you. I understand your point that you're you're very very busy. We have a bunch of stuff to get to um, from a gambling theme standpoint. We've been doing a lot of college football, but let's talk about first of all. Your knowledge and your view, your opinion of this Alabama thing with the Alabama baseball coach being fired and Alabama baseball being taken off the board in Ohio and New Jersey. So what do you know about the story? Well, you know, just breaking here in the last hour or so, I guess I knew there had to be more to it. Because, I mean, I just I couldn't understand. Uh, number one, you can't get that much down in a college baseball game. So I, I was trying to understand that, yeah. even at a place that takes – you know, big bets in all sports, like here in town, Circa. I think they only take a 1,000 uh, on a college baseball game. So I was wondering, you know, how that got flagged, even if it was, you know, a few bets like that, you know, how that really got flagged. I thought there would have to be something else for, for everybody to get caught. And the, the, not necessarily the rumor, but what's being reported now is surveillance cameras have picked up that a person that placed the bets was on his phone in direct contact with the Alabama head baseball coach. So you want to talk about amateur hour on how to get caught with doing some illegal betting. There you go, Exhibit A. It's, I mean, it's baffling that people could be that naive, I guess, but we see it all the time, right? With new bettors, we see that they don't really understand what's going on, and even people that are new to the media of talking about sports betting don't know what's going on. But it's just it's stunning that somebody in the sports world would be that careless and that's silly uh and that flagrant with their ridiculous violation of the law i i I'm, nothing surprised me <laughs> in, in the legalization era uh you know i joked with a friend just the other day i'm like mike it's literally to the point now where i preferred pre-legalization i, I mean <laughs> it is just i, I it's and so much and the, the stuff you have to sit through to get to the good stuff is I mean, it's almost a big time waste, but this, I mean, I just can't believe, forget if you don't know anything about sports betting, hardly. Just, I mean, use common sense. You've had to to get in a position of being a head college baseball coach at a program like Alabama. Yep. I mean, and you knew that they could maybe possibly get back to you. How are you not using a runner or somebody that can't get back to you? <laughs> and how are you on this? How do you not make the phone call, hey, this is going to happen, and then have that person go and make that bet so they can't tr- track it back to you. I mean, it, it's mind-boggling stupid, stupidity. 
I actually think coaches, especially in the South, not to brand them, but in the SEC, they are so all-powerful, and they've gotten away with so much over the years that they just don't even process that they could be caught. I mean, if you know, if you freeze can be skulking around at Ole Miss with uh, hookers and dancers for you know while standing on the pulpit talking about his faith, right? I mean, you can get away with a lot of stuff, but in this case, it's regulated, guys. People are paying attention. There's cameras. You can't. You're not going to put. I don't. I. I can't. Have we found out the amount that they tried to get down? I can't wait to hear the amount. Like we will all freaking fall over laughing. The amount they tried yeah, to get down on a freaking I mean, SEC it, baseball I'd game. Be if it's even five figures, to be honest with you. I'll, oh I'll be, no. Like, it, yeah. I, oh. I, I mean, I, I'm guessing it's less than five figures. Oh I'm god. I because mean, how how could you like I I don't know how you get down five figures on a college baseball game at one book. I'm talking. I mean. If you were utilizing a bunch of books, and that's why I just didn't understand the story. Like, you know, we get inside information all the time. You know, oh, start, starting pitcher is going to get scratched. You get that information before the books get it. That's called, you know, getting ahead of the market. It happens all the time. So that's why I didn't understand what happened and why there was, you know, this big investigation into this. Okay, so what was the more embarrassing SEC coach violation this week? The Alabama baseball coach with a ridiculous betting mishap or DJ BK spinning records at LSU? Wow, that's a tough one. No, I mean, obviously, it's, okay. it's the baseball coach. But, uh, oh, no. What is Brian? What is Brian? Brian did it again? Yeah, I mean, the, <laughs> what was yeah, he doing? I mean, he's spinning record. Yeah, he's, it, it's on my Twitter. Uh, Brian Kelly was spinning records. <laughs> And, and a big crawfish boil. So he's really he's really leaning in hard he is. trying to get acceptance there. The Adam, best way you... to get acceptance yeah. is to do what he did last fall, and that's beat Alabama and win the West. So exactly. I mean, he can do whatever he wants as long as he beats Alabama. Adam, can you do the impression? How's your family doing, Adam? My family. My family. <laughs> so dumb. You're very Southern, Adam, just like so, Brian Kelly. So dumb. Uh, all right, you. Uh, we we do stalk your Twitter. We love uh, Brad Powers up on Twitter at Brad Powers Seven. Um, I didn't know about the story, and Adam started explaining it to me. So I want the audience to hear this one. You just randomly tweet out the uh, stock value of Penn Entertainment. Did something happen with their pals at Barstool? Yeah, so it's a combination. Obviously, I was joking because I mean the word, you know, the, the word that came down last night. They had to fire one of their popular personalities. Uh, Ben Mintz because of a racial slur that he used while he was singing song uh, lyrics, uh, and it, it took a you know obviously the you know Barstool is a lot you know in the past has gotten away with a lot of that now that they've been bought out by Penn that didn't fly with the, the corporate suit so the kid was fired it wasn't very popular by any stretch of the imagination but with the Stoolies. Uh but but the main reason why the stock's down I mean is quarter one earnings report came out uh, this morning and. It was pretty bad. But all in all, I mean, uh, I, I think it'll continue. Uh, I mean, I, I'm not going to buy the dip. I'll put it that way. Do do you think, I mean, you know, obviously you're more on the betting side, but I know you follow this stuff closely. Um, when they made the announcement, and Portnoy made the announcement last night, they said, hey, I don't want to do this. They made me. There was kind of reference to the fact that regulators are looking very closely. Like, they could they could lose some of their licensing. Do you think that's possible? I thought it was ridiculous when he made that, but I guess a couple of people that reported on the scene specifically and what went down in Massachusetts for Penn to get the, you know, their license there, I guess that they are, they're really under scrutiny as far as Barstool. So uh, Dave's not, you know, he's a love him or hate him type of individual, and 
I guess a lot of the people in, in certain states uh, are more on the hate side. Are they a sloppy book? Are they, they running a bad operation? Are they getting beat up badly? I'll be honest with you. I think Barstool is a terrible. I mean, it's a terrible book. Uh, I mean, they they limit players easily. I mean, it's just not one of my favorite books. I'll put it that way. So, what does that mean? It's not a good place to bet, or you can destroy them. Uh, Well, I mean, they have relatively soft lines, but I mean, you get five to ten bets, and uh, and it's you know, good night, Irene. Oh, is that right? You're going to be limited. (laughs) Yeah. So, let's uh, let's bring Brad into the conversation we were just having a couple of minutes ago. Uh, we're here on ESPN Reno, ESPN Las Vegas. Brad Powers is with us. Go to bradpowersports.com. He's already working up all the college football numbers. You follow him on Twitter, Brad Powers 7 and he's got college football notes, uh, multiple notes every single day. We were just talking about the NFL draft and the fact that there was a run on quarterbacks and that a lot of the quarterbacks were smaller and, and mobile guys. Did you? Is that a conclusion you came to? Were you surprised so many quarterbacks – um, were that teams used a, a pick on a QB instead of just letting guys slide through and signing them as undrafted free agents? Uh, no, I, I think you know the recent success stories of specifically like a Brock Purdy late in the draft. I mean, uh, that I mean, look if you can build if you got a plenty of talent around him and the guy has a ton of experience. Uh, and can be that game manager, I think you can win with a guy like that. So I, I wasn't surprised. Brock Purdy was like exhibit A on it's okay that you can maybe win with a fifth, six-round type guy and right and win right away. Okay. So give me a guy, you know, fourth on down, and I know you don't have them all in front of you, but if um, – and some of them are they're, – they're backing up established quarterbacks, but, hey, you know, injuries – Happened. Was there a guy you liked that went later? Um, you know, here in Vegas, uh, Duran Thompson Robinson's a hometown guy. Jake Hayner got picked. Sean Clifford got picked. Jaron Hall went later in the draft. Was there someone you saw who went fourth on down where you're like, you know what, that guy might have a chance? I, I like Jake Hayner as a prospect. Uh, you know, I, I just I, I seen his UCLA performance a couple of years ago was one of the best quarterback games that I've seen in the last three four years. And I just I know he doesn't have great measurables, but my goodness, a ton of experience. And when it's all on your shoulders and you're beating a big-time opponent in, in, you know, in a historic arena like the Rose Bowl, I, I don't know. That, that says to me that he could handle the NFL. So uh, he's a guy to me to look out for. And look, I, regardless of what he's doing, uh, you know, after the national championship game, and maybe he's drinking a little too much, but Stetson Bennett's a winner. And I think going to an organization like the Rams is only helping out this just a year or two. I noticed you didn't mention the name Aiden O'Connell. Uh, the, the, the worry that I have is more of a system quarterback in Brown's offense, so I'm not sure. Uh, I mean, he's never going to be a starter, in my opinion, or a backup at best. Last one for you. Uh, a guy who everyone was holding up as, like, the model coach for the transfer portal. I mean, this guy's killing it. Mel Tucker. So sometimes you take from the portal, sometimes you give. What the hell just happened? His quarterback goes in at like the last minute. Peyton Thorne goes in the portal. And one of their good receivers goes in. I think a defensive back decided to, to come out. But that, that, that's got to hurt Michigan State. Oh, it did. I mean, enough where, you know, wherever I could find anti-Michigan State bets in a limited market, I went ahead and paid a Michigan State. A uh, Michigan State team that I wasn't high on to begin with, but. Uh, yeah, to lose your starting quarterback, by far your top wide receiver. In fact, I mean, the wide receiver is their best player on offense. Uh, yeah, I mean, especially after spring practice, wasn't a good look. And, you know, the, the, the transfer portal giveth, and the tra- with Kenneth Walker and the transfer portal taketh away. 
And I think Michigan State's heading to their third losing season in four years under Mel Tucker. And, man, that's not a lot of great ROI when you pay the guy 10 years, 90 million. Hate to say it. Brad, we'll see you, buddy. All right. Thanks for having me, guys. Take care.